Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about dun, 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 things to ask people at the beginning, middle, and deeper into the relationship to uh, deepen your connection and intimacy, to learn more about them and um, yourself, and also to have a sense of what is possible with this human being. Um, I know, I know. We enter relationships, figuring it out as we go, trying to make sense of it, dragging forward all the trauma, drama, and bruises from the relationship prior. We drag that into the newer ones. All of our attachment stuff, family of origin. It's amazing that we get anywhere these days. But people that have an awareness of themselves do the work. And that's what we're really trying to figure out. Um, before we get into tonight's topics, just want to kind of throw a few things at you in relationship to this early point I'm making, if you pay attention enough and you know what to ask, you know what to look for, you can figure a lot of things out on the front end. Um, <clears throat> because remember, we're not trying to sell a dream, not at the early part of a relationship, not middle, not deeper in. So we're not trying to be liked. We're trying to be known. A lot of people think it's all about playing games, manipulation, playing hard to get, it's your turn. It's my turn. It's all games. It's all anxiety. People with a lot of self-esteem and self-worth don't do that. They're vulnerable and they focus on authenticity. They're like, look, I'm going as myself. I'm going to continue to date as myself. And when we get married, I'll continue to be myself. And whether or not that works, we'll find out. And that's, that's the important question that remains. But they don't try to change who they are to fit in. They don't try to sell a dream. I hear things like, don't have sex too soon. Don't act too interested. Don't text too often. Those are all, again, tips and tricks for people that have low self-esteem or a lot of anxiety. They don't think that anyone would want them. They don't think that they're worth wanting. But interested people like signs of interest. No one is ever going to be upset that they've heard from you or gotten a compliment for, from you or that you've shown up as interested if they're interested as well. So I'm always holding the bar high for everyone and assuming you're an adult and that the people you're talking to are healthy adults and we take it from there. Any tips, tricks, or game playing or manipulation is going to be rooted in anxiety. And that's only going to work for people that are also low self-esteem, tons of trauma, lots of anxiety. But when we date and relationship and marry from ourselves, always authentic, um, then we get to see what emerges and we kind of take it from there. But if you're, you know, misrepresenting yourself, trying to wear what you think they want, talk about the things you think they want and trying to be who you think they want. At some point that will fail you, that will fail them, that will fail the relationship. So again, we're always coming in as ourselves, which is why I love these questions. There's no wrong answer. And finding out that you're incompatible in some ways is the right answer. That's important to know. You want to know what you're getting in, getting into, especially if you're going to get married. 
So what we're going to talk about tonight are these questions that I found online. I'm not saying I agree with them or I co-sign on them. We're going to break them down and look at them. But these are proposed by some industry individuals to help us understand or get deeper with each other. Because again, long-term, long-term happiness and sustainability is rooted in a lot of different things. There is no algorithm that can promise you a match. Everyone, um, we know this from all the research. There's, there's nothing that can promise anything. We're all figuring it out as we go. However, what we're always looking for is the word I call workability. Is this person someone who is willing to do the work to figure it out, to negotiate? Are they going to grow with me? Because that's what it's about. We're going to have a lot of work to do. Again, as I always say, you can't enter a relationship or bring someone into your life thinking they're going to seamlessly just get dropped in and everything's going to be business as usual. You have to prepare and expect to be disrupted. So that's why it's about workability. Is this someone who's willing to make the changes with me that are necessary as those, as those necessary changes emerge? Um, and we only find that out as a, along with everything else if people are themselves from the door. And again, as I always say, finding out we're not a match is the sign of a healthy date or healthy dating or a healthy relationship. You gave it a shot. There is no such thing as failure in relationships unless it was you showing up as a person you're not proud of. The only failure in a relationship is you not being a good partner. So again, time, not as meaningful. It's who were we? It's also what you're looking for at the beginning. Is this someone, like I said, who will kind of do the work? So much more to that. <clears throat> Done whole shows on it. We will again. We're going to kind of focus more on some of these questions, what they can mean, what can they unearth and bring forward. But I just wanted to kind of drop that piece because I'm, I'm seeing that topic come into my DMs come up in my clinical practice, a discussion amongst friends that are re-entering the dating world or in relationships. And it's such a fascinating concept, the definitions people hold um, around what, what a relationship's about, what the purpose of it is, how do we determine its success, uh, fear and anxiety around leaving, what will people think, and we have it all wrong. And that's why some people stay in some really toxic things. They want, don't want to be seen as a failure for having left or, you know, having left something that's been in existence for years and decades, but that's failure. Staying in something that's not healthy, that's failure. Success is leaving when you realize it's not working or serving you anymore. Leave anything that is no longer working for you is healthy for you or serving you, period. Failure is sticking through something sunk cost fallacy, this idea of I put this much time in a miles will ride it out. Oh dear God, you deserve better and more. The rest of your life, the rest of the day, the rest of the week has a little more meaning and value than I already put this much time into it. So again, success is leaving things that aren't good for you. We'll talk more about that and a whole lot more of other stuff. So stick around y'all. You're listening to a love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. So y'all stick around and don't go anywhere. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, y'all, we're back. Talking about some of the ways we can try to get a little bit of a sense of who this person is at the beginning of a relationship. And then we'll talk about the things you can maybe uh, ask midway through and then the ones that you want to know about deeper in. Especially if you're thinking about getting married, making those big commitments, um, any big commitment of any kind, moving in, kids, marriage, relocation, job change, all them things. All right, so I thought this was actually kind of funny. So looking at what the questions are, and again, this is there's no right or wrong. We're just trying to figure out who is this person, who might I be with this person, what might come up between us. More importantly, you assessing who you are in relationship to these things. Someone brings some of these answers up, and you're like, oh, man, that's something I also struggle with. You really want to ask yourself, is this something that I can step into? What kind of partner might I be? So uh, let's look at the early relational stuff. Remember, intimacy is something we earn our way into. So it depends which angle you're looking at. If you were, you know, just getting to know someone, you have a right to have some privacy and boundaries. First couple dates, you don't have to answer things that are really personal, really private, really triggering, because they don't know you. They don't know who you are now. We don't have to talk about all the things we've been through. Uh, I worry sometimes when people say, oh, we stayed up all night and I told them everything. We got into our trauma, we got into our past relationships, and I sometimes think, um, that might be a faux form of intimacy. That might be fake intimacy. I, I don't know that that's necessary or important or even good early on. Um, there's other ways to really connect with someone. Those, those moments can happen. Sometimes, though, those things become an anxiety in that person's mind, or they don't know us well enough to know that we've worked through and gotten beyond and they might hold us accountable to it. I'd be thoughtful. Also, if the person you're on a date with is very healthy, they're going to acknowledge, wow, this person doesn't have any boundaries. They're just kind of flooding me with really private personal information right away. Yikes. Because that's not a great sign. I know if I was to go on a first date, you're not going to hear about my family of origin stuff and any traumas I've been through or my relationship to mental health or drugs and alcohol. Not because there's shame around it. In fact, the opposite, but because I don't know how mature you are to interact with that. I also don't want to connect on that level. First couple of dates are just about fun. And if that's where someone takes me right away, I think they might be anxious. I'm wondering what they want me to tell them is okay. Sometimes we anxiously divulge things because we want this other person to say, that's okay. I can accept that. That's not a big deal. And it's like, breathe, slow down, let them get to know you. Like I said, slowly work them into deeper parts of who you are. It's not a good sign to have no boundaries and just vomit all this stuff out. It also might tell the other person that you're overly identified with your trauma. Remember, we don't want our identity to be tied to our trauma. Those are things that have happened. Those might be things that are still triggered and we're working through, but don't tie your identity to that. In fact, don't tie your identity to much. I don't think we should tie our identity to gender. That's how we get hung up on, you know, gender policing and toxic masculinity. I wouldn't tie your identity to your sexual orientation. I don't identify based on my sexual orientation. That's a very colorful, creative, diverse part of my sexuality. And I'll discuss elements of that when it's important. But my identity is really about who I am in the world and what's important to me. That's what I want to be known 
known as and identified with. And that's the parts of me that are most interesting and where you learn about me. So be very thoughtful about some of that. Some people tie to their trauma, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not. You're someone who has struggled with alcoholism. You have a problematic relationship with alcohol, but you don't need to make that the core part of your identity. You don't need to identify with that at all in that way. I work with a lot of individuals that de-identify with that stuff as a way to put it over there and to get some distance so that they can understand that our mental health, our thinking, our feelings, our relationship to things, we want to be, we don't want to be fused with that. We actually want to have perspective away from that because we do have a lot of choice in, in the behaviors that we choose. And we want our behavior to be driven by our value system, what values we want to live by, who we want to be in the world in certain situations. And our relationship to things and our feelings and our thoughts are things that we should be interrogating. We should be looking at them, not necessarily immediately fused and living through them. Um, that's very impulsive, but healthy people that focus on mental health, they'll, they'll make choice. And they know that the choice is about standing back and examining what you're thinking, examining what you're feeling, examining your relationship to things and decided in that moment, what's most effective, what's going to get me towards the goal that I have. They slow down. There's a mindfulness. There's a self-awareness. They're not what we call mood dependent, where if I feel angry, I just act it out. If I feel depressed, I just sink into it. They say, well, wait a minute. Is that realistic? Is that legitimate? Is that rooted in reality? What else might be? Can I just let that, can I make room for that, but act from something else? I don't want to get too hung up on that. We've talked about that. We'll talk about all that again. But again, just this idea of like de-identifying away from certain elements of us that culturally you've gotten really familiar fusing with. It's even with gay couples I work with. You're not a top. You're not a bottom. You might be more familiar and comfortable with topping. But but when you say I am this thing, it implies rigidity. But we all have the capacity to be more than what our identities claim. When someone says I'm a man, well, that means you might be most familiar and comfortable with, with masculinity and you might often participate or perform masculinity, but there's going to be a wealth of things you do that sit outside of that. That's also who you are. No one is completely anything. We're all multiple beings, always changing. We're different based on who we're in relationship with, right? I'm one way with my patients. I'm another way with my mom. I'm another way with someone I might be dating. I'm another way with a different friend. One friend brings out the humor. Another friend brings out the seriousness. I'm all these people. And every time you have a different partner, sexually, relationally, different parts of you should come out. I, I'm a different sexual being with every partner because it's co-created. I'm, I'm in a different mood. I'm in a different space. My relationship to my body and their body changes. That's healthy. You know, this whole idea of this core authentic self that's always there sometimes, but at times we're bigger and more than that. It's a very postmodern idea, but I very much believe in it. We're very relational. We're very contextual. We should always be growing and changing. So hold those parts of yourself very lightly and loosely. And when we go on a first date, be very thoughtful about what parts of yourself you lead with and promote yourself as being. Because a lot of people aren't healthy enough to realize, well, that's how they identify, but there's always going to be things outside of that. That's just what they're most familiar with, and that's why they identify as that. But that might not be who they always are. Who are they other than that? So hold identity lightly. Um, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this, and then we're going to do some DMs. But you know, as always, I, I will work with clients, and we'll look at what they're putting in their dating pro profile, how they're how they're identifying in the world, because that can become a little too self fulfilling, and people can box us in. And we're far bigger than any label can contain. We are vast. We can we we contain multitudes. You know what I'm saying? All right, y'all, stick around. We got a whole lot more to come, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around because we'll be right back.
Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're <laughs> we're all over the place as always, but we're basically trying to ground it and anchor it in. And there's certain things we can ask at the beginning of dating, midway through a relationship and deeper in when we're committed, living together, married, whatever it is. And they can help us deepen intimacy and all that great, but also help us better understand about ourselves. But we're kind of starting at the beginning and I'm letting people know that early on in a date, be very thoughtful about how you present yourself, who you are, what you put on a dating app. Also, be very thoughtful about having boundaries. You don't have to answer every question posed. You have a right to say, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with that. Let's get to know each other first. And some people, some people are always like, oh, well then they kind of know what the answer is. It's clearly a difficult triggering thing. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You're still demonstrating boundaries and you're seeing if they can honor boundaries, right? Like people get so hung up on the content and I'm like, let that go. You're trying to learn about who someone is in terms of mental health and relationality. So if someone says, for instance, oh, you don't drink, are you an alcoholic? And you say back, you know what, I'm not really comfortable or ready to answer that let's talk about that down the road that might mean well then you must be because anyone who wasn't would say no and it's like you're missing the point that's not what that moment was about that moment was about the person who was asked it practicing setting boundaries practicing being assertive practicing not people pleasing and saying you know what i'm not really comfortable with that i don't know you yet you know i let people earn their way into knowing deeper parts of who i am and you're assessing the other person's relationship to boundaries. Do they push and say, come on, come on, just tell me? Or do they go, of course, great boundary setting, I understand. That's what we're focusing on, not whether or not that you just disclose you're an alcoholic by not answering it. Who cares? You're missing the point. It's always about the process. When I do couples work, couples always come in hung up on the content. No, no, no. You said you'd be home at five, but you weren't. You got home at 5.15. No, no, no. I said I might be running late. I got home at like 5.13 and I'm like, okay, missing the point. I don't care what time you got home. It's about the process. I'm looking at how you're talking and relating to each other while discussing who's correct and who's not. And when you focus on right or wrong, you're missing the whole point. Communication, there's gonna be conflict. Learn how to let there be conflict, but the communication and the health is in how do you go about it, talking about it and addressing it? Do you harm each other or do you stay acknowledging, do you stay as a team acknowledging it's a collaboration, acknowledging you love each other, being very thoughtful about the wording you're using? That's what we're assessing. How does this other person deal with disappointment? How does this other person deal with boundary setting? That's what I care most about because that's what's going to help you determine how healthy this person is, how healthy this relationship will be. If this person pushes back on your boundary setting, is aggressive when you let them down or frustrate them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you've learned all you need to know because they're already doing this on date one. So it's less about the content and more about the process. How do you feel while you're with them? How do you feel after having been with them? That matters more to me than did they like you? I always love using the before, during, and after. Apply it to everything and anything. How do I feel before? How do I feel when I see them texting? How do I feel when I know I'm on my way there? How do I feel while with them? And how do I feel having just left them? And the answer should always be good. <laughs> ideally, but the answer should never be bad. I feel bad when I see a text coming in or them calling me. I feel bad when I'm on my way to see them. I feel bad after having spent time with them. That means some change is required. Reflect that back, make some changes, or it's not healthy for you. Apply that to your job as well. If you feel bad on your way to work, feel bad while at work and feel bad on the way home, you got to quit your job. It's bad for your mental health, period. Now, not everyone has the privilege of just quitting right in the next two minutes, but that's ideally the goal you have to work towards because being mental health centered, which this whole show's about and we all claim to be all about, is about looking at the impact everything has on your mental health. And if something negatively impacts your mental health, you do the changes you can do, you set the boundaries you can set, you advocate for yourself and ask for changes. And if that can't happen, it's toxic, whatever we're talking about, and you work on exiting the relationship, the family, the job, the roommate situation, the social circle, 
whatever it is, because we prioritize our mental health. That's what we've decided moving forward. Everyone is now on, on board with that. I challenge you all to do that. I said this on the show a billion times. When I'm asked to do something, hang out, take a job, guest on a podcast, whatever it might be, my first question is, how's that gonna be for my mental health? And the answer might change. Today, it might be bad for my mental health. I might say, them, I'm down for it next week, but this week I've been very anxious or very depressed or very burnt out, can't do it, maybe next week. And then the second question, this is my personal value system, is I say, does it cause suffering for anyone? Because I don't participate things in things that are racist, fat phobic or fat shaming, um, not, you know, not pro-mental health. I don't participate in anything anti-abortion. I'm pro-sex worker, I'm pro-porn, I'm, I'm pro, you know, dismantling ableism, all of that stuff. So we have to know what our values are. And that's something we talked about on another show. And it's a really important thing. Know what your values are. Know what you want to be guided by. Know what kind of person you want to be in tough situations and hold to that. It doesn't matter what someone else does or says. Healthy people act from their values. They don't let themselves off the hook because someone else engaged in bad behavior. And so all of that to say, we ask these questions, not because the answers matter as much as we sometimes want to just see how people interact with difficult things. All of that born out of one question. Isn't that a zinger? Okay, so let's get into what some of these questions are, and then we're gonna come. We're gonna um, come back, do some DMs, and then we'll kind of get to these questions. But the first question I love this one is, "What stresses you out?" Now it sounds really basic. It sounds really you know straightforward. But I want to understand how stressy this person is, what their coping mechanisms are, what kind of resources they have. Are they working on it? Have they worked on it? Because that's like a global assessment. All right, we're going to come back and talk more. When we come back, there, we're going to do some DMs, and then we'll come back to this topic. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Love Line IG page. Put them on in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, what would you say is the age limit for dating? For example, my friends and I were talking about the five-year rule. So if you're 30, you can date someone as young as 25 or as old as 35. Is there a specific age limit you should try and stay in? Thank you. No. Chronology doesn't promise anything. That is how you actually miss out. What if someone is six years older and they would have been great for you, but you made up this arbitrary five-year rule. Arbitrary, made up. It could be three, it could be five, it could be six, it could be 10. Chronology doesn't promise anything. Sadly, me doing this work for over 20 years has taught me that. Some people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s are less mentally healthy and mature than some people in their 20s and 30s. It depends on a thousand factors, attachment style, mental health, resources, resilience, traumas, family of origin, the impact of the health of the people around you, tons of things. When in doubt, go find out. I want people to make decisions based on, based on literal things, not theoretical. I don't know what's going to happen with you and this person. You have to go see what they're like and experience them. Make decisions based in reality, not arbitrary numbers. Like I tell people about height, weight, and all that, that's arbitrary and doesn't speak to who they are as a partner. So date someone as long as they're over the age of 18 or whatever the age of consent is in your state, because every state's different. Some it's 15, some it's 16, some it's 18. See what it's like. I do not agree that someone who's older definitely is in a position of power either. That's patronizing. Sometimes it's the opposite. 
So again, there is no rule. Date someone who you're compatible with. Date people you're interested in. I'm fine with age gap relationships of all different kinds. But this arbitrary number you're proposing doesn't necessarily promise anything. And it could be wrong. You can meet someone who's the exact same age as you, and they're far more primitive and elementary than you are. We've all met people in our age brackets that we would never want to date. It's not about age. It's about who they are and what they've experienced in the world. So I will never agree with that. I've dated people 10 years younger, and I've dated people 10 years older. And it was, the issues were never about their age necessarily. It was about who they are, what they've experienced. It's just like people that have never dated before. That might be great. Maybe they don't have all the baggage and hangups that everyone else has, or they lack skills. We don't know. Someone older might be less stable, more damage, more trauma. Someone younger might have better skills. Who knows? You know, so it really is a case by case basis. I would never want something to be determined about someone's worth or their value or how they'd fit into our lives based on something, again, that's arbitrary like that. All right, we got time for another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, how do you know if you did the right thing by breaking up with someone? Yikes. Broke up with someone during pandemic. They told me I was giving up on us, but I was exhausted. Now I'm having thoughts that maybe I could have tried more. Yikes. Um, there's no way to know because we don't know what could have changed. You know, that's the thing. We break up with someone based on our experience with them now. We don't know what could have happened. We don't know what could have been. You did break up with this person. If you're thinking you made a mistake, reach back out to them saying, hey, I know I ended it. I'm wondering if that was too premature. Can we talk? I'm still thinking about you. There's something really beautiful in that. I would take someone back if they broke up with me and they said, I've been thinking. I think I made the wrong decision. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm thinking now. I would give them a shot. We should always give people a shot. Get your ego out of the way and um, reach out to them. Let them know. Maybe they'll say, you know what? I'm not interested. Maybe they'll say I moved on and then nothing more to worry about. Decisions have been made. Or they might say, I realized we weren't compatible anyway. Or they might say, thank you. I've been thinking about you as well. I felt really bad. And you'd say, great, let's try it again. But we never know. You know, if so, you know, if the deal breakers are there, they're abusive verbally or physically or emotionally, or they have an undealt with mental health or drug and alcohol issue that they're not willing to work on. Other than that, we should hang in there and give them an opportunity, but sometimes in give them an opportunity, we realize we're not attracted to them in the ways that we need to be or thought or, you know, other little things. There's no solid way to know. It's really up to the individual. But we learn about ourselves based on our reasons. So look at what your reasons were and ask yourself if you're proud of that. And if not, circle back and reach back out to them. There's always a possibility. And breakup is never an ending. I work with couples that have gotten divorced five, 10 years later. They've reached back out, reconnected, and they're dating again. They're in love. You know, hold the, Always keep the door open, which is why I'm always saying be friends with your exes. Don't burn things down when you leave. Be better than that. Honor relationality. Hold space for friendship down the road or maybe romance again. We never know all beautiful things, but uh, be vulnerable and reach back out if they're still in your mind and talk to them about it. Say, what would you think about getting back together? What does it feel like to have me reaching out? What do you think? Make it a collaborative thing. You're on the same team. I want that kind of vulnerability. So uh, reach back out. All right, we'll be back. Questions, put them in the DMs. We'll be closing out the show with some more. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back talking about uh these questions it's really a springboard most of the uh topics and articles are just springboards but talk about different questions we can ask at different stages of the relationship to really understand this person's health what's possible what's going on what we can expect 
Um, before the DMs, I threw out there this one about, hey, what stresses you out? Now, again, as always, the content's important, sure, but what matters more is the process. I always want to see when something like that's thrown out there, how they engage it, how they engage you, how they deal with certain things. So it's not always about the answer. Sometimes it's just to see, like, what are they like when they're disappointed, frustrated, stressed? That's a big one. What stresses you out? I want to know how people deal with stress. What kind of resources do they have? Coping. Um, are they working on stuff? Are they self-aware? Because a lot of people ask all these other questions on the apps, on dates, and it's like they don't get to like the real core stuff. Um, and that's that's a really good one. Another, this was odd. Okay, so I was pulling from a lot of different sources and just kind of seeing like, what are the things that people think are important to ask and kind of fusing in my own stuff. Um, I thought this one was really interesting. What's your favorite movie? And uh, there's a lot you can maybe do with that. This author's intention was to figure out their personality, sense of humor, some of their taste. Okay, I can see that. I don't think that's the, the most powerful question in all of the world, though. I think what's more meaningful is what do you do with your free time? What do you do on the weekends? Um, try, And I think that question has so much packed in there. You can assess social compatibility. Are they indoors, outdoorsy, crowds? introverted, extroverted. There's a lot in that. You can find out if they understand their passions, if they're pursuing them. You can figure out if they have hobbies, if they're connected to them. Do they live in burnout? Is it someone who says, oh, I'm always working. Yikes, that's a red flag, moving right into a deal breaker. You wanna be with someone that prioritizes fun, joy, rest, relationality, someone who isn't gonna make you compete with their job. We're, you know what I mean? We're not trying to be in relationships with people that live in burnout or put jobs before people. People that say things like, oh, well, it's business as though, you know, it's okay to harm people in service of business and um, this whole value system that what means most is money and success. We're moving away from that. Because let me tell you something, and there's an entire chapter on this in my book, um, in both my books, Sex Outside the Lines and Rebel Love, but Rebel Love, the, the more recent one, has a whole chapter on putting relationships before, you know, toxic capitalism and economics. And basically, uh, we live in a culture where we think money and business are more meaningful than people and relationships and our families. And it's heartbreaking. I work with uh, wives that are like, you never see your kid's soccer game. I love that example. You don't even know the name of your kid's friends. It's like, yeah, that's not okay, man. Um, also, when people say it's just business and then they do that as a way to not feel like they're responsible or accountable to individuals, it's very dehumanizing. And it's very much leaked into a lot of relationships. So I'm wanting people to call that out ahead of time. Like, do you take time off? Do you take downtime? Do you take vacations? Do you have hobbies? Like that's someone who's really mental health centered and you wanna be influenced by that and around that. Again, I work with these couples where they kind of let it slide and then deeper into the relationship, they're like, work is coming first. They don't know how to relax. They're never around and it just gets worse and it gets worse. So that's that's a huge one. I think that is so important. What do you do with your weekends? What are your hobbies? What kind of vacations do you take? Uh, it's not meant to be classist. It's meant to be mental health centered and to again, understand what their values are, what they prioritize and to see what do you wanna do with that? I wouldn't wanna be with someone who just works all the time, yikes. Um, relationality, mental health means more. So you wanna ask that. Um, here's another one that a couple of people threw in there. Do you spend time with your family? Again, learning values, learning their interpersonal stuff. Um, what were the other ones? I thought this one was kind of interesting too. If you won the lottery, what would you do with the money? Uh, it can also help you understand the relationship to money a little bit. Do they save? Do they spend? 
Um, are they generous? Generous? Are they selfish? Who's important to them? So I thought that was really interesting. All right, let me keep looking. Some of these are just strange. This one was interesting. <laughs> do you have animals? <laughs> I don't know. That can go a thousand ways. I guess if you do, you want to know how many you're inheriting. I don't really know what else to do with that one. Um, what did they say here? Oh, this is interesting. They're like, ah, pets is an indicator of personality. People with pets, this is a quote, can be more compassionate or sensitive than those that don't. Yes and no. I mean, come on, we've all seen those horrible pet owners that drag their unsocialized pets to coffee shops and they just scream and bark and jump all over. And you're like, that isn't someone who has any compassion for anyone. Leave that monster at home. You know what I mean? Where everyone's happier and safer. Um, and I don't think empathy is directly tied to pet ownership. Some people realize they don't have the time and energy because of their schedule and it's an act of kindness that they don't have a pet, you know? So I'm gonna challenge that one. But you might wanna ask to know what you're adopting. If I date this person, am I, I gotta take on five dogs. They have five dogs because you're gonna be asked to babysit and walk all five of those. I tell people that ahead of time. I don't walk dogs, I don't watch dogs, I don't pick up poop. So if I date someone as a pet, I'm like, that is all you and will continue to be all you. That is not a responsibility that I'm looking to take on. That's why I have a cat. That's why I love my cat. I was never a pet person, stumbled upon it. We're good, we're good. <laughs> We are a tight family unit, not looking for much more in that way. Um, all right, we're going to come back and talk more about this, and then later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveland IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into all of that. DMs on our Loveland IG page. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Otherwise, y'all stick around. More, more, more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back talking about these wacky questions you can ask at the beginning, middle, or later in a relationship to figure out, learn more about someone, drop deeper into intimacy, all the things. I thought some of these were pretty smart. I like the one again, what do you do on the weekends? What do you do on holidays? What do you do for hobbies? Really figuring out, do they have a healthy relationship to work? Or do they live in burnout? Do they prioritize and really value burnout and overworking? Yikes, get out of that one. Um, what was this one? What's your favorite movie? Eh. I don't know if I can get much out of that one. Maybe, who knows? Do you spend time with your family? Interesting. Also, the 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 lottery question, what would you do if you won the lottery? You figure out if they're a spender, a saver, if they're generous, if they're stingy. You'll learn it all. Do you have animals? That's, yeah, that goes either way. I think this one's kind of smart, although I think this is something for later in. Uh, what are your love languages? Basically, there's a zillion, billion, million of them. Um, you want to understand how someone most feels cared for so you can offer that to them. But then you also want to tell them how you also express love so they can translate it and see it as such. It's both. And there's a billion million ways to do it. This original author, God bless him, he nailed it down to five. There's more than that. Um, but you can start there. You can explain what each of those mean to you. You don't even have to know what they are. Like if you're self-aware enough and someone says, how do you feel seen, heard, and cared for? You can pretty much tell them. And then say to the person, how do you express it? You know, but that's something we should talk about deeper on. Early on, that's like wonky stuff, I think. But important to know because you want to know how your partner shows love so you can see it when it's happening and you want them to know how you best receive it so they can do that as well. It's both. I think this one's interesting. Requires a lot of self-awareness. What bugs you? What gets on your nerves? A lot of people don't know. I think we should all self-assess. We should all have a sense of what our triggers are so we can work on it when triggered. Know what your triggers are so when it happens, you don't try to blame the person. You take responsibility and you kind of dismantle them. So that for me is more of a self-awareness question. Um, I like this one too. What's a no-go? What's a totally non-negotiable for you? What, what things are 
And for some people, it's things like kids, you know? Um, but again, hold these lighter because all the person can say is right now, based on what's going on in my, based on who I am now, what's going on in my life right now, this is what I imagine. No one can speak to how they'll feel a year, three years, five years, or 10 years down the road when maybe money's gone up or money's gone down, job has gotten more secure, or less secure, uh, once they're in love, once they're in something stable and trusting. So these aren't even solid answers. I get frustrated when someone's like, oh, they said they never want kids. Well, today they can say that. Who knows what they'll think down the road? I work with couples. We're down the road when they're finally in their first loving, supportive, trusting relationship. They're like, I get it. I want it now. And maybe they're older. Age brings it sometimes or not. Someone might say in the beginning they are open to it, but then down the road realize this relationship isn't stable. No, thank you. People can change their mind in any direction. So all they can say is what they want now. Do we have to, t do we have to trust them at their word? Sure. Because we don't know if change is coming, but change often does. So that's why like these things are iffy, 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 iffy. Um, okay, now we're moving into more early relationship questions. Those other ones were things, you know, very early on. And remember, the whole point of this is like, you have to work your way in. So all these superficial things, talk about them to everyone on your early dates, because, you know, we're dating which means we're seeing multiple people at one time, seeing if anyone we're compatible enough with or interested enough to build a relationship. Dating's not the relationship, we date multiple people. So we're sharing all this stuff with multiple people. Now, when we get into the early stages of actual relationship, because we've dated, and we realize we might want a relationship with someone, maybe we're moving towards it with more than one person because no one's necessarily monogamous by default unless we've talked about or exclusive, you know, do you? Um, I love, and then you can say things like, what have been the harder things in your life? What have been some things you've had to overcome? Now we're kind of chiseling away, right? What are your dreams? Those are really beautiful things to ask to get to know someone on a deeper level. You bond, there's vulnerability, there's transparency. We're made to feel close. Love stuff like that. Now you can start talking about some past relationships so people can understand who you are and where you're coming from. Also, it helps you develop that self-awareness. What am I going to have to be aware of moving forward? I also like the question of starting to ask, like, what work do you have to do? What have you learned from your past relationships about yourself? Because most people talk about the other person. They did this, they did that, not helpful. What did you learn about yourself? How can you be a better partner? What do you feel great about having done? What do you wish you hadn't done? Like that's the most beautiful stuff. How do you deal with heartbreak? How do you deal with disappointment? Really learning about that person. I thought this one was kind of interesting too. What's the first thing you noticed about me? It can be fun. Be very thoughtful though, because I'd go a lot of different directions. What's your most irrational fear? That's kind of cool. I mean, as you're learning, a lot of these are kind of just, you know, a little bit lighthearted, have a little bit of depth. We're learning about each other. Funny thing is, these are all interesting, but everything's co-created, meaning we don't know who we're going to be or what we're going to form with this person. So a lot of these answers can kind of ebb and flow and change and evolve because we really need an experience of someone. People can try to on paper explain who they are, but we need an actual experience. It takes me back to a time when I was... Um, giving a lecture at a Christian university. They're all about the, the value systems from the Bible. And it was all about delaying sex. And someone said to me, can we just write down what we're interested in and, and share it? And then we'll know if we're compatible. And we'd have to actually wait till we're married to find out. And I said, yeah, you have to, it's experience. You have to know. You can't just write it down on paper and read it to each other and assume that that's going to speak to compatibility. You have to know what it feels like to be with them in those moments. Um, which is how dates are. You have to actually go out. It's not enough to just text and ask questions and try to decide from there. 
um, you have to experience people. You have to experience some of these things specifically themselves. So remember that. That's why I'm a big fan of when in doubt, go out. When in doubt, go find out. When in doubt, go out again and again and again. Um, if there's any curiosity, because it's all about having multiple experiences of someone. So the more you can see them, the more you know. Um, okay. So we're going to come back, finish this. Then we're going to do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, topic, put it in the DMs on our love line, IG page, always anonymous, always confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself out because someone might be struggling or wondering the same thing. So put those questions in the DMs on our love line, IG page, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. It's all about the unlearning and then the relearning and the uh, repetition and the practice. So otherwise, y'all stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. Finishing up our discussion of questions to ask people, different stages of relationship to get a sense of who they are, who you might be with them, what kind of relationship you might have. We're talking about some of the early, 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 early on ones, which should be fun and joyful, nothing deep. Let people earn the right to that. Let them have an experience of you as pleasant and fun and all that. Then a little bit deeper into the relationship, you can ask some of those more punchy, darker, heavier ones. Now, once we are, you know, in moving in or in a long-term relationship, you want to ask a few things. Number one, dear God in heaven, if you're going to be monogamous with someone, ask them what their definition of monogamy is. Do not assume it's the same. They're going to operate from theirs. You're operating from yours. There is no right or wrong unless you've had a mutually agreed upon contract of some kind. I don't mean one you actually like print out and sign. I just mean a verbal. This is what monogamy means. If you're going to say to someone, let's be monogamous or exclusive or just us, someone needs to say, great, what does that mean? What are the confines of that? What are the bounds of that? Otherwise, people are operating off of their own. And then if you've realized something's happening you don't like, they didn't do anything wrong. You guys never clarified what it even was that you're doing. And don't even try with that. Well, they know better. No, they don't. Everyone gets to operate from what makes sense to them. And they can only be held accountable to what they've committed to. And if no commitment has been outright made that defines that word, you're starting off on the wrong foot. And I'm wondering why you can't handle that kind of intimacy. So if you say we're going to be monogamous, talk about what that means. Also talk about what commitment means. Some people have a horrible idea. They actually think that relationships aren't primary. Your partner should come before everything else. It's a person. It's your primary partnership. They should be protected from outside things. That's right. That's commitment. I will have your back publicly. That's commitment. If someone's gossiping, I'll shut it down. That's commitment. I will never put my friends before you. That's commitment. My job doesn't come before you. That's commitment. You want to know that. Does your job come before me? Because if so, you got your priorities background backwards. Are you going to talk poorly about me behind my back and in front of me? Or are you going to have poor boundaries behind my back. Like you got to talk about all these things. What does commitment mean to you? Everyone makes assumptions. Ask, 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 ask. Um, also, you got to ask questions about their long-term vision. Meaning some people want to retire and build a cabin out in the woods. You might always want to live in a city. That's good to know that that's their long-term dream. Not everyone wants to have kids and a picket fence in the burbs. Some people always want to live in a city without kids. Some people want to build a cabin and go off grid. Like you want to talk about those things. Like where do you see yourself five years down the road, 10 years down the road? Again, that will change. So that's the bind. Whatever they tell you is all they, all they can tell you from here and now. Some people never get that. They change their mind. Later, they don't have the health for it or the money for it or because of the relationship you build, they want something different, or maybe you can be an influence on them. Who knows? But these are things you want to start the conversation around. I was in a relationship a long time ago when I was a lot younger and we didn't talk in those ways. And 
I had dreams of moving to the West Coast and I never told them that. And a year in, I was like, yeah, I wanna go West. I thought we'd do it together. And they were like, I have no interest in leaving my family here on the East Coast. That was important to know. We didn't realize that until actually it was probably about a year and a half in. I was like, well, that's a bummer. And here I am on the West Coast and there they are on the East Coast. Cause I was like, I don't wanna give up that dream. And they were like, and I don't wanna give up mine. There were other things that were a problem, but that was important to know. Um, the kid thing can be important, although it changes where you want to live down the road can be important or it changes. Some people want to go to the burbs. Some people don't, you want to ask these questions. Um, for some people, this is not a real thing. And for others, it's a huge thing. So what are your life goals? Where do you see yourself? Is this city that we're currently in or this town that we met in where you want to always be? And if you're meeting someone in a different city, find out, are they willing to move or do they not want to move? Would you have to move there? I was dating someone long distance and I brought that up a couple weeks in. I was like, just so you know, I'm not ever interested in leaving California. I love where I'm at. And if they were like, well, I don't want to leave the country I'm in, that would have been a deal breaker. But they were like, no, I love California. And I could, in, if we're together, I could see myself moving there. And I was like, good to know, because I ain't moving over there. So ask stuff like that. You might not have a solid answer, but at least you have an awareness that that's something you have to come back to and figure out, or at least you're aware of what some of those obstacles and barriers might be. Um, what else are important ones? Hmm. 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 Finding out how they are with money. Very, very, very important. Are they a saver? Are they a spender? Not that those are deal breakers. It might be good for you to have someone who operates differently from you and they can influence you. You can influence them. Get that conversation going once you're a little bit deeper in. I thought this was kind of smart. Someone threw this one in there. Maybe we'll kind of close on this one. What would be in your mind a reason or a cause for divorce? And I thought that was kind of smart, not because it has to be a hard, solid thing, but because you start to get that conversation started. Like what would really harm you? What would really disappoint you? Because when we're in a serious relationship with someone, we want to know, we want to have their owner's manual. We want to know what they need from us. We want to know what would harm them. So as to avoid doing that, people, when they love each other, they avoid making their partner feel bad, making their partner feel shamed, making their partner get triggered. They're not responsible for it, but they do their best to prevent it. They don't call them names that they were called as a child that are harmful. They don't mock their body or body shame. Like we protect our partners. If you're in a relationship with someone who isn't looking out for your best interest and doesn't protect you, they're either psychologically or emotionally abusive or physically abusive and you bounce the minute that happens. We don't have to be in relationships. We choose to be, which means they should be good for us. We should be the people that are healthy enough to know that they're, we're in their hands and they should be making our life better because they were brought in, not worse or harder. So pay attention to that. All the questions in the world can't really necessarily help that. That's why I keep saying it really comes down to having experience of them, having experiences with them, you know? All right, we're going to come back to some DMs. So stick around for that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Love Line IG page. If you've got a question for us, something you want us to hit, drop back into, circle back, deeper, more. DMs, Love Line IG page. <laughs> That's where they go. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Alyssa. I'm 30. My mom is 49. She had me at 19. We're super close. She always brought men around. They were cool. They were nice. Just didn't work out much. Recently, she told me she's been dating a woman. I support her decisions. Makes me a little nervous. I'm afraid she may be doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm not sure. Should I feel anxious about this? No, you should mind your business. <laughs> I love, I'm proud of your mom. I want everyone to try dating the same sex. Everyone. You're hetero. Try dating someone of the same gender. See how it feels. If, if only just to push back on the heavy boundary and policing of heterosexuality. I want everyone to push on that and to have same-sexed experience. And if you're same-sexed, have an opposite-sex experience. Really push on those boundaries. Really, really try to see how creative and diversified you are. Usually the things we're doing sexually are just what we're comfortable and familiar with. That's not who we are. We overly identify with these labels as who we are. We're bigger and more than any label can actually contain. Um, you want your mom to be happy. If she thinks she's going to be happy with the woman, let her be with the woman. There's no wrong reason. If she matches and enjoys it, that's the right reason, and congrats to her. All right, we got another one. This one says, uh, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been with my boyfriend for five years, and the relationship's pretty good. We've agreed that we never wanted to have kids because we didn't want them growing up with two dads and ever getting bullied. But see, that hurts my heart. That's like internalized homophobia to an extent because we still live in a homophobic world and they still possibly will get bullied for having two dads. So you're not wrong about that. But I hate that you've internalized it enough where it feels so heavy that you're afraid of the kids being um, negatively impacted by it. That bums me out. So that's a call to action to all my listeners. Let's keep working on getting rid of that homophobia. Kids have single parents. Kids are raised by two aunts at times, two moms, two moms and two dads, poly couples, open couples, trans couples, like read books to your kids about it, talk about it, whether you, you know, you never know, right? We all got to work to do. Straight people, you know, straight people are responsible for homophobia. Straight people's job to dismantle it. You know what I'm saying? That we shouldn't live in a world where you should, that should be a reason for not having kids. There's tons of other good reasons, but that shouldn't be it. You said, however, recently, <laughs> I've been look, kind of looking at kids and exploring the idea in my mind. Brought up to him. He didn't get upset, but his stance hadn't changed. I don't know what I'm thinking. Wait, what is it? I don't really know if what I'm thinking of is just baby fever or if I really do want a kid. 
either way, he isn't willing to budge. Is it time to let him go? Well, I definitely wouldn't let him go over you not even sure what you want. And you have to decide what means more to you. This, this fantasy you have of what it means to have kids, which might not be what's realized. It might be something different than that or the partner you have. Find out what his reasons are. If they're just based on that, say to him, how would you feel if it was done in a more supportive environment? How would you feel if I were to think about leaving the relationship because of that? What? Tell someone you're considering leaving the relationship and why? Yeah, that's called having an adult relationship. I'm worried about some things. These are reasons that are deal breakers and might make me want to leave. I want you to know that. Let's talk about it. A sign of health is telling your partner what they're up against. A sign of health is telling your partner what's going on for you. A sign of health is letting them know if you're thinking about ending the relationship so they can be a part of that discussion, so they can weigh in on it, so they can know what might be needed what might need to be done. It's violent and mean and it erodes a trust and commitment when we make decisions for people. No one should ever just get dumped on the fly. You should let them know you're thinking about it. You should let them know you're maybe wanting to do it. You should say to them, what do you think? What do you think we need? Be more transparent. So yes, you let them know. You saying you don't want kids, me recently thinking I do, has made me think that maybe I need to leave this relationship. You need to know that. Let's talk about it. It's not an ultimatum. Maybe we realize we're not going to have kids and we stay together, but you need to know how much meaning and power that topic has for me right now. That's called being in an adult relationship. Don't go tell your friends about it. Tell your partner. Don't go tell your therapist about it. Tell your partner. Let your therapist or your friends support you in telling your partner. That's a good therapist. That's a good friend. But this is a secret that shouldn't be kept from your partner. Yes, hear me say that again. Everyone should be told if you're thinking about ending a marriage with them or a relationship with them so they can be a part of that conversation, so they can be aware, so it doesn't come out of nowhere, so they can talk about solutions, so they're given an opportunity to make necessary changes. We don't make that decision for people. We're going to end the show on that one, y'all. On a high note, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back tomorrow night, so join us then. Y'all have a good rest of your night. As always, thanks for hanging out with me. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. See you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.